Well, welcome back to Nerds from the Crypt. I'm your host, Saul, and as always with me is my co-host, Greg. How are you doing today, Greg? Doing pretty good. Good to hear. Um, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Saul. I just adopted a cat, so it's going well. You just... <laughs> <laughs> just randomly adopted a cat in the middle of a, a quarantine. Yeah, but so the benefit is I have a cat and a turtle now, so I'm going to get the cat to to ride on the turtle's back. It's the goal for the rest of the week. What's the cat's name? Uh, so I'm in the middle of reading Game of Thrones right now, so I'm going with Arya. But we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. Today we have a special guest coming on the show. Well, actually, we've been trying to get her on for a bit, but she's so busy because she's does so many podcasts. I want to go ahead and introduce Lainey, host of True Crime Fan Club, among others. And she's going to go ahead and talk to us a little bit about all her podcasts right now. Hello, everyone. So I'm Lainey. I am um, the host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast and the It's Haunted What Now podcast and the Crimes of Passion podcast. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just do a lot of talking. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's a great job to have. Um, and I'm excited I can finally uh, do this. I'm excited to talk about my movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I remember, what is it, like last, it was like a year and a half ago now, right? When Almost I first two like, years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sorry, is that, you guys. Oh, no, no. I mean, I don't even know how you do three podcasts. Um, I think we That's go so on many. hiatuses of like three months at a time. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes between, period, between episodes. Things uh, happen. It's yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how team. you get the time. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. I have a great team. Well, I mean, our research is just watching a movie and or reading a comic and mm-hmm. and coming back on to, <laughs> to talk about we it. Really, we really don't have an excuse. It's just a, <laughs> we're just so busy. It's just your life. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your your podcast, though. So anybody that is uh, not listening or hasn't listened to your podcast can um, head out there and, and check it out. Yeah, so um, my main two podcasts, the first one is True Crime Fan Club. It's obviously a true crime show. Um, It's a storytelling podcast, so that means I just go from beginning to end about a particular crime. It's not serialized, so it's a different case each episode. Uh, We currently release bi-weekly, but we are likely going to be moving to a weekly show um, just because we feel like it's time. And we, oh, so the, my other show is called It's Haunted What Now? And it is a paranormal show, which is my other favorite thing to talk about. So I love paranormal stuff, ghosts, anything, whatever. Um, so I basically, it's another storytelling show where I share um, stories that are submitted from listeners. And I have a great team behind it that adds some really awesome audio effects and music and all that type of stuff. So those are my two independent shows. And then I've partnered with the Parcast Network to host their show, Crimes of Passion. So I'm purely just the host on that. I don't really have any other obligations to it. So if you want to check it out, check it out. It's literally about crimes of passion. Awesome. And guys, Lainey is uh, really cool, really professional. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can probably tell her. her Beyond your best behavior. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh no. You don't want to be on her podcast as as a um, what's it called subject. as a subject. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Either, either way, either, you're it, dead. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when I first threw out the the um, the request to see who wants to come on the podcast and in our in our group because we are part of a um, the Texas Podcast Union, um, which ha- has, has a bunch of beautiful podcast guys you need to make sure to listen to them I, i've i've called them out a couple of times throughout, throughout the the episodes um and you right away said well i want to talk about the others yeah before i before we get into the movie i wanted to see what your history was is with with the others how how well do you know the others i feel like it's going to be um pretty well <laughs> <laughs> so for me i'm i've always been a huge like 
horror movie buff. My mom got me into horror movies when I was very young. I watched like R-rated movies when I was seven. I was like, hell yeah. Um, So I've always been the type that just gravitates towards that because I love being scared. Like that's my thing. It's like I will watch anything as long as it's going to scare the crap out of me. So um, when the others came out, it was about, oh my gosh, I'm so old, 19 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, Yeah, I mean, I was in, I think, my early 20s or just about to turn 20 or something like that. So um, I was super excited to to be an adult going into this film and being like, yeah, I can watch it. So um, it was one of the most surprising movies I've seen in a very long time. I think the um, director is incredible. And the way that the um, story is kind of outlined and how it progresses was really what kind of drew me in. And then the surprise, you know, at the end of the movie, you're just like, whoa. So it's a feeling I, I don't think I've ever gotten over in terms of being surprised and being like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. So I thought it was great cinematography and um you know, just great acting by everybody who was in the film. It really kind of just sold it. And so I was stoked. I remember watching this back in came, it came out back in right before nine 11. So I didn't watch it. Um, not right before, right before, but I believe it was, was, you know, uh, yeah. A month before month before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never got to watch it in the theaters, but I did rent it as soon as it came out. In uh, on DVD, which for those uh, you guys that don't know what rent means, um, <laughs> you actually had to go about go out and get the DVD. Um, right. And those for you who don't know what a DVD is, <laughs> <laughs> it's a disc that we had to go out to a store to actually rent. Um, and I remember loving the movie when when it first came out and I first watched it, but then I actually never watched it again after that. Even though I, re- I really enjoyed the movie, I just hadn't watched it again until until now, and I was very pleased at how much more appreciative I am of the movie now that I've been doing this podcast for for about two years now, and it's like since I, we started doing the movie, I, I can pick up little things and little nods that that I would normally have not picked up on mm-hmm. on um, you know I can appreciate more of the of the aspects of, of the filming and of of the score and all that uh, because I'm doing this podcast now Greg uh, beforehand so uh, I, I did work in one of those those rental stores uh, back in the 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 90s and early 2000s and uh, I remember uh, when this movie came out uh, it was one that uh, um, we were we were excited to be able to to push out to customers because it had had big names and it was a um, it was a, a big a big movie, <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, the the household that I lived in it was it, it was exciting because we uh, DVD players were new fairly new at the time and uh, we bought a DVD player at a grocery store <laughs> to uh, to watch the movie because uh, heaven forbid I. I borrow one from the video rental store that I worked at because that was faux pas. <laughs> I'd already borrowed a, a um, Dreamcast at the time, and I was a little behind on returning it. Uh, so, um, but but watching this, it was one of those things where definitely it was a it was it was one of those movies where you're like, okay, this is this is this is cool. It's got it's got people that you're like excited to see in a in a film. It's it's kind of got that that eeriness to it and everything. And, uh, and then with the rewatch and everything, I, my wife was like, why didn't you tell me that you guys were watching this this week? Cause I would have watched this with you. Um, after I'd already was like, oh yeah, we're watching this for the thing. And she was kind of bummed that she didn't get to watch it with me because she loves <laughs> suspenseful <laughs> ghost stories and stuff. And, you know, this is up her alley and I just kind of like, but I'm just going to watch it in the background and, and, <laughs> and rewatch it and, and do my thing. So. But uh, it was a, uh, um, it was definitely it, when I, I remember when it was when it was coming out. It was definitely one of those things where it was uh, a must, a must see in my household. Um, had never seen this movie before. Uh, I'd also never heard of it before. Um, but I was a huge Sixth Sense fan, and so the idea of a psychological thriller with a, a big twist ending. Um, of course, going into it, I didn't know there was a, a twist, which makes it so great. Um, 
but I was really excited to watch it, Nicole Kidman. Um, but at the time this movie came out, my parents were showing me like mm, Scooby Doo reruns. I was only <laughs> six at the time, so. Oh wow! And I just want to clarify that I was not an adult. I was 13 because I'm really bad at math. So I apologize. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, 2001? How old am I? Okay, so I was 13. Just FYI, not an adult. <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm so old. You know, it's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, David, uh, did you watch the trailer beforehand or did you just go ahead and go in? You know, I turned off all the lights and just went into a blind. Whoa. Just oh, like I the love lady. that. so let's talk talk about the movie um overall like i said before i i appreciate it so much more the uh director alejandro amnabar yeah yeah um (laughs) it's written and directed by him it's actually a co-produced um internationally co-produced movie with Mm them with the united states and spain and this movie for I think 13 years, held the biggest uh, gross profit uh, or, or taken of any Spanish movie um, in in history of a Spanish film. Uh, so it it was a big release. I, I I think it ended up in fourth place here in the United States when it first came out. And I think a lot of it has to do with United States not taking horror so. Um, in high regard as it does now i I think horror is doing so much a better job now in days than it used to when i think unfortunately for this movie the year this movie came out in america was also the same year lord of the rings came out um Mm. yeah yeah and so like right now horror movies are like dominating the box office between jordan peele and other really good directors but it's tough when like this movie comes out and then like peter jackson releases lord of the rings um you get overshadowed by that it's true. Yep, that makes sense. It also so, makes sense that it was uh, it was predominantly uh, um, had had such a, a following in Spain that would explain why the uh, majority of the stuff that I had seen was uh, in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the director um, he wrote this in Spanish and then tra- and then translated it in English. So I wouldn't mind watching this uh, with a, with a Spanish um, cast. I would want yeah, to see how, I think that, it would have been how great. that would turn out. Yeah. Well, that and, would have been interesting. Although I do yeah. kind of sometimes find the, the, what is it? What is the, the accent called? The cast, casti. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. Uh-uh. It's sometimes really hard to understand, even though we speak Spanish, it's mm-hmm. hard to, uh, to, to keep up with this. It's so much faster than I feel like the, <clears> than <throat> the, like the Latin the Spanish. Yeah. Um, they have lisp. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, want to know a history real quick? This uh, It gets me on a tangent, okay? So okay. I am no offense to anybody who has the Castellano accent or um, the list, but this really started because there was so much breeding between families within the Royal Habsburg line that their tongue was so large that the king had a lisp because of it and it, his tongue didn't fit in his mouth. So everybody adopted this lisp to make him feel better. But then nobody <laughs> decided to stop the lisp <laughs> after he died. They were just like, you know what? Let's just keep going with it. And I'm like, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard <laughs> in my life that you guys do this lisp thing. And then you're like, mm, you know, let's keep it. Let's keep going with it. So... Yeah, I, I get on a rant. My husband's like, "Don't get her started on the on the Spanish list." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole oh, thing. Wow. I'm a history major, so like that's what I got my degree in. So when I heard, when I learned about that, I was like, "Are you are you kidding?" That's <laughs> awesome. That's funny. Yeah, that's it drives me nuts. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry about rants. We we go into oh, rants wow. and and tangents um, like, I'm like crazy totally this, unrelated. But, but let me tell you a brief history <laughs> lesson. <laughs> on the stupidity of the lisp. <laughs> Love it. Okay, I think we sorry. can make our own uh, a separate <laughs> podcast on the all the tangents we go off on sometimes. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> we actually have a fictitious, fictitious. I can't even talk. Um, podcast that that we say that we have. It's called um, trains and trains oh, and plates. Trains yeah. and plates. Actually, oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, 
Okay, um, just not to, I mean, not to go off on another one, but uh, but because of the Tiger Tiger King show coming out, oh God, all those yes. tiger plates, mm-hmm. all those tiger plates that I have, oh, if I were to put them you on eBay totally right now, you should totally sell them. Yeah, I could make so much money. <laughs> you will <laughs> so just many put dollars. Joe Exotic on there. Yeah, you yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get my little spray <laughs> pen. I'm gonna like blast them with Joe Exotics. I saw a tiger. Oh man, a tiger. Or Carol did it. That would be oh. great. Oh my God, dude, Carol did it. You will make so much money. I'll buy a plate from you. Uh, you know, all you got to do to get a tiger to eat somebody is smother them in some fish. A yeah, lot. or just, fish. you know, let them eat them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually they'll get it. For a while. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like eventually yeah. they'll be like, oh, I can just eat you and yeah. nothing you can do about it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sell the plates please i will i will next up on uh, plates and trains <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going back to alejandro amnebar mm-hmm. um he actually is the one that directed the original v- vanilla sky the original film i forgot what it's called but it's also like open your uh, eyes yeah yeah that was the original uh spanish film that came out and then they got translated with tom cruise uh, uh into vanilla sky so uh, mm-hmm. and actually i have not seen anything else from him but because of this movie i wouldn't mind going out and, and seeing some other some other movies and like i said i have so much more appreciation for his directing in this one see i get a little scared with following directors um across movies if you will because i think about like m night Shyamalan, and everybody was like Mm, after mm -hmm. the sixth sense everybody was like yeah this is amazing he's great and then you get like crappy horror movies from him now and you're like what what happened tell me and i and the thing is that i like the sixth sense and i love the sixth sense actually yeah i love the sixth sense but it was stolen from argue for the dark (laughs) the storyline oh for real yeah and he actually worked on he actually worked on that on the, not on the I don't know if it was on the episode, but he actually worked on Are You Afraid of the Dark for a bit. That was my favorite show. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to remember what 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 uh what episode it is. Kind of not not it's not a beat for beat rip off. It, it was just it's just a like the concept of it loosely was, based. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, homage. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Be right, homage. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever actually what's it called. Uh, acknowledge that or not probably not <laughs> so the acting we we you kind of um touched on it and david actually touched on it on a bit as well nicole kidman goes all out on this movie I, and i i don't know oh, yeah who else could have who else could have fit in that in that role even though she didn't actually want to be in this role to begin with um i don't know if y'all heard of that but she actually no. turned it down a couple times before they actually convinced mm-hmm. her to, to do it um jodie foster was actually almost um in it uh, for a for a bit i'm not sure how she would have done but i mean jodie foster um, i i think that would have been a very interesting take on the role i think she probably yeah. carried it she would have carried it mm-hmm. she's she's a very strong she's got a strong uh delivery and style she would probably would have brought something very different to that role but i think it would have i think it would have been very a very interesting compelling watch i think her her version of the mom would have been a little bit more headstrong I'm, i don't i don't know if you guys agree with me or not yeah it, i don't think she would have been as frightened i think she would have mm. been more stoic because yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of what we know her as when you look at um, what was that one? The Panic Room movie. That's kind of oh, how yeah. she is. Like she's just the badass, you know. Who you're like, yeah, she might. And you think about Clarice Starling and things like that. Like she's she's stoic and in a way that I think would have detracted from this film because you need somebody who is going to be um, kind of manic, right? Like where you see the underlying um, issues that may be occurring because you're like, wow, how has this woman not gone crazy? being in this house, you know, in the middle of a war and in all this fog for who knows how long. So I think that, I think that uh, Nicole brought that manic energy that's kind of subdued in a way until you see it actually happening through all of the, uh, the interactions that happen with the others. What did you all think of the, of the children actors? Oh, they were great. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't stand the little girl when I first (laughs) watched her. I was like, what a little brat. (laughs) But she was great. The three guests, I guess, that come in pretty pretty early on, the uh, people that end up being like the quote unquote, the the servants in the house. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they did a great job with with their roles. They were very subtle. They, I, and I guess the role in the movie was just to try to nudge the 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 family into knowing what they what they need to know without actually just dropping the the, the information on them. Yeah, like whenever they're having that conversation, kind of on the first day that they arrive at the house about the um, toast, right? And she's like, "I don't like this toast because my other nanny did a better job than you," and. Then you kind of hear like the mom, a little bit of a a foreshadowing of what happened with the mom and Mrs. Tuttle or Miss, what was her name? Not Miss Tuttle because they're not married. Yeah. Mrs. Mills um, kind of like shuts it down. And then later on, you see her kind of come back in and say like, oh, things are going to be changing around here. Just wait, you know? So I I like all the foreshadowing. And then it was really kind of creepy because you don't understand their their role in everything when you're first watching it. Because you're like, yeah, that first interaction that they have where they arrive to the house and, you know, later on in the afternoon, the mom's like, so the post guy never came to pick up the letter. So how'd you hear about this? And she just like willingly accepts their excuse, you know, like, oh, we were just passing by. Um, so I think that that's really, yeah, you might need some help. Um, but I know I thought that was really interesting to, um, see how that kind of played out. And then that foreshadowing as well, like you're able to kind of go back as you watch the film and you process everything differently now that like, I obviously see it differently than when I was 13 versus now. So you can kind of see all of that foreshadowing and you're just like, wow, Mm -hmm. how did you accept that excuse? And now you can kind of see how things have played out. But yeah, I, I think everybody um, played a really great role. Even the mute Lydia. Oh yeah, definitely. She, she plays a really well, like a second, in commanding the servants, you know, mm-hmm. that she knows her place. She, she's, uh, she's always right behind, uh, Mrs. Mills or mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure if it's Miss Mills or Mrs. Mills, but, and Mills. she, yeah, she, she knows where she's supposed to be. Like she, that's where she's been for, well, we, now we know for over half a century. <laughs> yeah. Um, doing spoiler I, alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been out since 2001, right? I, I guess we can <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, did anybody else guess the twist before you watched the movie? No, no way. Yeah, not at all. Like, going into it, I think, like, maybe, like, halfway, I was like, Mm -hmm. something's fishy going on. But, like, it's the same when you watch The Sixth Sense. You don't really know until, like, the very end. And then as soon as you watch it a second time, you're only watching it for Mm -hmm. all the foreshadowing um, parts that got you to the end. Uh, I I actually guessed it. You 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 guessed it. I Yes, I did. I actually guessed it on the on the trailer. I'm like, oh, they're the ghost. <laughs> what? That's her yeah. Trailer. I actually guessed it on the on the trailer, uh, and this is when when it, when it first came out. But even with that, I was still very pleasantly uh, c- captured by what the movie had to bring uh, brought. You know, even though I kind of already had already guessed the the the, the ending, I was still enjoying the movie. And then when I when it finally was revealed, I'm like, oh, I was right. So it's not like yes. it, it wasn't spoiled for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, yes, yeah. I got it. When uh, when when I I guessed it too, and everybody in my house was like, you watched it at work, and I was like, how could I watch it at work? It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all they, yeah. they they booed me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, my wife, my wife and I actually have this. Yeah, totally. my, wife, my wife and I actually have this thing where we, we try to see if we can guess what the, the twist is. Um, and we won't say it, right? We'll just like say to ourselves and then like, yep, we called it. Um, but I mean, this movie came out a lot before I was long, long before I was married. I was only, uh, I was about 13, 14 as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, you're married at 13? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's um, Texas, okay? Well, it's Texas, yeah, it yeah. happens. <laughs> Shotgun weddings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, the, the twist ends up being that Nicole Kidman's character, or what is her name? Uh, Grace, Claire, Grace, 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 yeah, Grace, 
Yeah, I don't know where I got clear from. Grace and her kids are are have been dead this whole time, and they're actually the ghosts that they're they're afraid of, and the, the ghosts that they're afraid of are actually the the living, the the people who have moved now moved into the house. We're not sure exactly how long has it it's been since. Yeah. Because you know that's we see that that's always. That's the only thing that them. I see the discrepancy is, is like I don't know how much time has passed between when they died versus when people came into the house. Yeah, it's it, well, and, and for it being such a weird period piece because it is such a weird period piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they're they're stuck in a period, but then also the caretakers that come to the house are stuck in a period, but they they, they mm-hmm. fit. They all fit in the same. Yeah, time it's like frame. within that fifty year time span. So you're like how oh, okay. far from that 50 years did they pass away <laughs> and then when the when when victor and his family show up it's like where are they at and it's like yeah ah. <laughs> yeah i had totally forgotten that christopher Eccleston was in this oh yeah well greg and david already know i'm a big fan yeah. of doctor who so as soon as i'm like hey it's the ninth doctor mm-hmm. and i'm like oh I, I i totally forgot he was in this and i had <laughs> just and I was like, yes. And I even put it in the group or group chat that uh, for the Texas podcast. Yeah. I'm um, like, hey, it's the ninth doctor. And then everybody's like, yeah, he's also I'm like, oh, I know that. I'm just like saying I was just presently uh, surprised by this because I forgot he was in this. <laughs> I never um, seen it, Doctor Who. I was like, so I don't good. know what that is. <laughs> it's okay. So good. No, Greg and David don't have don't watch it either. Yeah. Don't get him started. Um, yeah, don't get me started because I'll go on. That will be another ta- tangent. Uh, Next, <laughs> I've watched it. I've watched it. I just you know I'm not as into yeah. it as Saul. Yeah, I'm really into it. Um, anyways, uh, when when he comes in, uh, it's only because Grace goes decides to leave the house and goes into mm-hmm. the fog, and I feel like it, the fog threw him in to kind of keep her from continuing going or trying to continue going um, going out there. It's like um, they were both looking for what, well, he was looking for home and she was looking a way out from there. So they kind of, they kind of met each other and you can hear the, the, the ghost chains, like the little girl was talking about at the beginning of the movie. You can hear them and you're like, Oh crap, what's going on? And it was just his normal walk because he wasn't carrying chains like that. Um, mm. But when he's I at the house, he, yeah, yeah. When he's walking, you can hear chains and, um, and when he's at the house, he feels it feels like he's he like he knows he's not supposed to be there. He knows that it's out of place for him to be at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he even says, "I need to go back." What he says, uh, she's like, "You've changed." And sometimes I bleed. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a little ominous." Um, he bleeds because he's that's the how he died. died. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that interaction. Um, I was except pleasantly surprised at the ninth doctor appearing. I kind of like personally, like I like the uh, the the creepy factor of the uh, um, I think what the old lady that, that mm-hmm. keeps popping up. I I just I love I love stuff like that. Like in in Poltergeist, uh, the uh, that lady. I love any movie where there's a there's a creepy old lady that <laughs> that just shows up and is there. I don't know what it is. I just I find I have an affinity for that kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. I think they're they're just fun to they're fun to watch because you never know if they're are they good or are they bad what are they there for and then you know uh, what are they going to bring uh, to the people that are in the story so just having this having this character in the movie uh, and and you know you see a lot of you know you see a lot of ladies like that all over the place so are are they like, are they there to tell you in in the real world are they there to tell you something and that oh always God. makes me excited when I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden this lady like turns and says something because like. It's all of a sudden, is, is she telling me something? Am I part of someone else's weird story? Is this what's happening? And then it's like, oh, gosh, am I dead? But <laughs> in the movie, she really brought it, uh, like, the whole playing with the, the dolls and stuff like that, just creeper refactor, and then, like, all the seancing, you know, that's just good stuff. That scene where then goes, I am your daughter, Yo. that scene itself is probably the most well-known scene of, of this movie. It he was even spoofed in in Scary Movie yeah. Three, yeah, mm-hmm. four? Scary Movie Three, three. Number yeah. three, and that's that's when it tipped me off to like <laughs> something else is happening here. Like this is not. Yeah. Later learned that it, that that happened because the little girl possessed the lady. Yeah, which you, which you think is the opposite, right? When you're watching right. it, you think that like this mm-hmm. old lady has possessed this little girl, and 
everything, but it's the the complete opposite, which is great. And then I love the seance scene that happens kind of close to that, where mm-hmm. where you realize like it, it was an interesting scene to see the little girl go or Anne go and you know whisper in the lady's ear, and you're like, what is she saying? Like you are like, is she betraying her mom? Like that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, is she? Yeah you know, betraying her mother in this, like what's going on, you know? And then realizing there that they are the ghosts because you pan back to the seance scene. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. You pan back to the seance scene and then you see like papers being ripped up and nobody's there. What? So it is, it's, you know, you're just like, what the heck? And that blew my mind when I first saw it. Cause I was like, holy crap, this means they're dead. <laughs> they're the dead ones. <laughs> They're and the dead ones. Shortly after that, you see the um, Mr. Tuttle, Mrs. Mills, and what's the other one called? The girl? Lydia. 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 Yeah, Lydia. You, you Lydia. see them. Uh, you, you figure out that they're dead because she finds the old, um, what's it called? Well, yeah. she first she finds the, the photograph. The, the, the photograph. Oh, that's photograph right. Of the dead. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. tucked in the uh, bed. Just like which, <laughs> which from so what I understand, weird. and Lainey, Lainey, you mm-hmm. if if you know this, let me let, uh, correct me here. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, that photographs cost so much back in the day that they would normally save that for their last pictures or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean those actually did happen, and mm-hmm. they they have like there was a cool kind of documentary I saw on it a, a long time ago, but basically. Um, you would have like if mothers lost their children, like they would um, pose with them as if they were still there so that they could have those pictures. And it was like, well, we know they're dead, but like we got to take this picture because we need to have some type of memory for them. So there was the cost of it. And it was so rare to get pictures that, you know, you kind of just did what you had to do. And that was the opportunity to do it. So are you telling me that my family's photo album from back in the day is like a bunch of dead people? Could be. Super cool. If they look like they're sleeping, then probably. (laughs) They're so weird. Like, if you look at the real photos of it, you can find, I mean, truly just Google it. You can find um, actual photos of it. And it is so strange that this is kind of um, a coping mechanism to deal with, like, grief and loss of how people um, handled that type of loss, you know, and especially seeing like mothers with their children and babies and things like that. Like those are difficult pictures to look at, but you kind of get what their reasoning was behind it. And Mrs. Mills, Miss Mills actually says, says that, right. And goes, um, Mm -hmm. it's a way of, of honoring the dead or, or grieving the dead. Um, so, and every period has their own way of doing it. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, Dia de los Muertos, right. Um, yeah, it's a way to to continuously year after year after year continuously bring and remember the dead that have have passed away over the last year and over the last uh, you know even centuries and it's the whole thing that you you die once when you naturally die and it if you've seen Coco you know um, you die a second time when the last person that remembers you utters your name. Mm. So it's it's a way to keep the dead back or alive in in, in your memories in 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 this world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think about like now, like right now, we post so many photos and are constantly capturing moments like that. Like, are we almost devaluing what it is to like capture a memory or a moment or a For person sure. that way? Yeah, I mean, I mean, because like they use those photos as you know when you if you've ever been to a funeral, um, or any type of like religious funeral, they have those little prayer cards, um, you know, with like a prayer on them. That's essentially what they use them for. So they would, you know, print these photos out of their loved one and hand them out to people for them to be remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have, um, there's a picture that stands out. I just found the article because I was like, I know I looked at it. There's a picture that stood out to me because you really don't notice the difference until somebody's like, oh, the youngest kid in this is dead. And it's five siblings lined up together from oldest to youngest. And they're all like smiling and fine. And then the very last one is the youngest sibling who's under five, I think maybe four years old. And they've passed. Uh, And that, I mean, they're all like just standing there with their deceased sibling propped up against like a pole wow so it's pretty uh, it's pretty intense 
we see we see it as uh, something like like would probably scare us or keep us out if we had to do it now, but mm-hmm. they I think they all saw it as something normal that they would do when when it happened. It was like something like okay, well now we have to do it. So yeah, I mean it was normal for them. Well, maybe not for the kids as much as but but for the adults, it was, they probably grew up doing this. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I don't think it was anything odd for them. I mean, it was Victorian England, so lots of weird things were happening then anyway. I think death photography yeah. is the least of their worries. And and going back to the to the the crew, the three the three ghosts, the ghostly trio mm-hmm. like in Casper. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we find out that they're ghosts, they start going and telling the kids, right? They start mm-hmm. seeming very very menacing, but all they're trying to do is trying to get them to understand what's going on. Um, even to the point where, where Nicole Kidman's character is starting to shoot at him and the, 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 the gun's firing, but it's like, it's not doing any effect. Like we've been dead for over half a century. So mm-hmm. um, the, pretty much what they're trying to do is trying to get them to understand that they're ghost as well as them. I like them and they have to learn to live with the people who are going to be coming into the house from now on. Uh, very well filmed like i said before very well filmed sequence where all this is starting to happen and you're starting to and then it transitions over to the seance where we see them we see them um try and talk to the to the the, to uh the kids and then race comes in and and starts messing with the papers Mm -hmm. um i was gonna bring up something oh the whole thing of her getting the migraines she shot herself in the head yeah (laughs) Yeah. Oh, right. you know what? I never put that together. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh. So, so, uh, wow. so they said first she smothered her children, which mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, we kind of hear that something happened. Like she went mm-hmm. mad. She hit him. She, she, she hit them. She did something to them, but we don't get to hear exactly what it is that happened. And yeah. even the, the husband's um, ghost says what happened that day. And she's, mm-hmm. and she's trying to like, you know, well, Cast it aside like nothing. Yeah, like it's not she's a big a, deal. Don't denial. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's in denial of it. It was a and, bad day. Yeah, stressed and and um, it's the the whole the whole thing of, of um, now. And I think that society sees that as a worst type of crime mm-hmm. when a mother kills her no children um, than any other one. Oh, I guess other than other than uh, pedophilia, right? Um, I think mothers killing the children is, is seen as. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, as far as the way people see crimes go, yeah, um, yes. it's that, yeah. and then, and then from um, mothers killing the children is is probably the the, the next thing. Um, yeah, because it's so unnatural. Down. Because you're supposed to protect exactly, them. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that seeing that seeing that um that that happened she was in denial of it the old lady pretty much tells her is this is this how she killed you they mm-hmm. are all in denial we're not dead we're not dead we're not dead mm-hmm. and I, that's another scene that i remember yeah uh, i found that interesting though because they i think i i thought initially that they figured it out like the kids knew and were just kind of like you know mom's kind of we're just pretending along with mom um but when that scene happened, I was like, oh, crap. Like, they really don't realize that they're on the opposite side of the quote-unquote veil, if you will. So, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that they seemed to be so knowledgeable that something was going on and that something was wrong. And then, all of a sudden, they're like, no, we're fine. Like, what are you talking about? We're not dead. So, it was a weird. Um, it was weird to see that realization for them how different of a movie would it have been if like all of a sudden they're like, yep, we knew all along. And she's like, huh? And the realization yeah. hits her and then her head falls off. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would have been a totally different movie. I mean, I-, I think that one would have been a little bit more sinister because if you think like they talk a lot about how the kids are going to be in limbo for being a liar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe that's her limbo that she has to kind of, if, it, if you remember that Black Mirror episode, if you ever watched Black Mirror, there's kind mm-hmm. of where they have to replay their crime over and over again. Yeah, so yeah. Um, mm. that's kind of what Twilight I imagined. Yeah, I love that. You know, like it's it's the idea that 
they are in on it, and then she has to basically start all over again, reliving yeah. this whole torturous thing, and that's her limbo, her version of, you know, hell because she had murdered her children. So mm-hmm. I think there would have been a way to play off of it, but I think the way that they did it for this particular, um, or this particular layout was perfect. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. I sent oh, you no. all the death Choo-choo. photos so you could look at it. <laughs> And that's oh, what he's nice. doing. He's scrolling through them all. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, it's creepy, he's but it's like, entertaining." Why did you do this? <laughs> he can't stop. He's gonna. He's sending them to me so that I can put them on plates. I got my oh my, my oh my god, old, my heat my do heat stamper thing. Well, I mean, I got one of those things that makes T-shirts, but I can put them on plates just the same. I mean, it's a non-essential item right now to ship from Amazon, but I got a guy in town locally, so I'll just do a drop ship and then I'll go pick them up. This sounds like a very odd drug deal. I got a guy in town. He can do it. Don't don't worry about it. It, it totally is right now. I mean, it's like that. Six feet away. I pay him. I pick him up. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I am. I'm. Lo- Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I what I was just gonna say is that like uh, the Sixth Sense came out in '99, which is such like. Mm-hmm. an iconic thriller uh, movie. And yet, like oftentimes I think when movies are paying homage or like ideas mm-hmm. spawn from other movies, they like don't hold up as well as yeah. what the original one was based on. And yet like the others clearly has that same sixth sense twist, um, but like clearly stands far, far from, you know, uh, being on the same level as sixth sense. It's like just as good, if not, um, better than what that movie. I think this movie do. would have been held as more of a a classic if if Six Sense hadn't come out before it. Like if this had been the, the one of the first ones to actually do it in, in you know in theaters, they're like, holy crap! Did you see that ending? Um, with the Six Sense coming out, I feel like it yeah. kind of diminishes it a little bit. But I I actually prefer this movie over the Six Sense. Oh, for sure. I think that with the sixth sense, you you have a feeling of like you always know that there's 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 a there's a ghost, right? The the story is tangible to you, but with the others, um, you, as you're trying to figure it out, it's it's kind of it's always hidden. And then with the, um, I guess the the you're trying to suss out why is she still going through all these motions of when they were uh, on lockdown from the war locking the doors, keeping the, you know, all these other things and trying to piece all those things together. Um, it, it just seems like she's, she's kind of got this, this uh, manicness about her. So you're trying to also figure out that. And is it, is it all because of these things that, that they're going through life like this um, hiding still. So and, and you're trying to figure out, is it, is it, is it really just someone who's in hiding or is it, is it really something deeper? I don't know so, from that perspective. So the illness that the kids have, that is an actual um, illness that people do go through. It's mm-hmm. uh, super rare. I think it's in the world right now at the most, there's going to be like a thousand people who have it. And it is a, a an a intense allergic reaction or intense reaction to sunlight hitting your skin. And it starts to burn. Uh, I remember when the DVD came out, actually, it had a little, um, I guess, little documentary on on the disease itself. Oh wow! And you met, and it, and yeah, and it, 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 um, you you can it introduce you to to children who had this disease and people who grew up with it. Hmm. I'm trying to remember what the name of the of the, um, the condition is called. It's like photo something, photosensitivity, or photo. Yeah, it's zero derma. Zero derma pig, pigmentosum, something like that. I'm probably, oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm pretty sure. Literally I, means you have no pigment in your skin, which is to why protect you. That, yeah, which is probably sure. which is why it's burning, right? That's why it yeah. burns you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in there's another little detail that Ms. Ms. Mills kind of tells uh, tells Grace. You know, that was then. You know, you don't know that the children are going to die because of sunlight. She's trying to kind of like, trying to like ease her into knowing that you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, like gentle hinting, like why don't you just give it a go and see how it, ha- you know, see what happens. And I'm like, I can get her fear of being like, so you just want me to gamble with my kid's life? Cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's just roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, it, it's probably not a big deal. And she's just like, it, you know, when I heard that, I was like, it doesn't work like that. If it's a genetic disease, like you don't just get over it. So you grow out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like they could have grown out of it. Let's take off all the curtains and stuff. But I mean, the fact that when the initial thing where all the curtains in the house were removed and and mm-hmm. um. Annie get or Anne gives a, a warning about that where she's like, yeah, they said they were going to take off. They're going to take down all the curtains. And Grace is like, whoa, you're trying to kill my kids. And that's when they do like the whole initial hunt around or the inside of the house to see if there's an intruder and there's not. And then she starts noticing the kind of ghostly activity, if you will, like doors mm-hmm. closing and things like that. Yeah. And she feels a little mad. But um, she foreshadows that and says, like, they're going to take down the curtains. And then when they do, they do have you know, streaks of sunlight on them and nothing's happened. So mm-hmm. it's not even even like a figment of their imagination in terms of because they believe they'll burn, they burn. You know what I mean? To keep that yeah. facade alive until they realize mm-hmm. it. So if it's still true for them, then that's what's hap- that's what's going to happen to them. But the fact that they didn't burn and nobody was like, hey, guess what? They didn't burn. It's fine. Um was interesting that they kind of overlooked that and instead were kind of um, running around the house trying to make sure the kids were okay. Mm-hmm. I really liked the idea of her opening the doors and then the doors closing behind her. And if you were to see it from the other side, you, if you're in that room, the door's opening on you yeah. and you're like, uh, mm-hmm. go close the door. And we're, we're just seeing the opposite end of what we normally see when we, when we're we are watching this type of, of things when it when it comes to to hauntings and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and I like the piano scene um, mm-hmm. because it kind of shows like now once you've already watched the uh, movie and you're watching it again, seeing that scene's a little different now because now you're no you know that Victor's dad isn't afraid of whatever it is. He's more like pissed off that you're interrupting his piano time and his practice. So mm-hmm. when the door keeps opening and then closing she's just like oh and he i i imagine it on his side where he's like oh my god ghost leave me alone <laughs> and then finally slams the door and is like yeah that's it because i i'm the one who has the power here so I, I i like that dynamic seeing it now yeah i actually have a cousin who who he says that he's followed around by ghost all the time mm-hmm. um and I, I believe when, when we had that first uh, meetup in Austin, uh, Lainey, mm-hmm. um, actually, that was that would have been our second meetup, right, in Austin? Yeah, yeah. Um, we met your mother, um, my wife and I. Yeah. Yes. And I think I told her the story. I'm not, I wasn't sure. Um, I told her the story of my cousin who, they live in Mexico, and they live in the area where there was a lot of uh, civil war going on. Mm-hmm. And people would, rich people would bury their gold and bury their treasures, so that when when uh, bandits came in, they wouldn't they wouldn't lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, supposedly where my grandparents live is one of the areas where a lot of treasures have been have been um, buried and, and been buried for for centuries now. Oh wow! And this ghost is trying to tell my cousin, my my mom's cousin actually that he needs to go out there and and dig it up and because that's for him. And I don't know if anyone else knows the story about this, but the, the the folklore on this is that only the person that is chosen by the ghost or by the spirit of of um, who owns the, the treasure can bury uh, can actually pick it up and kick it out. Huh. And anyone else who were to find it would only find ashes. Um, it's only intended for the person who is chosen. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. So so the thing is that this this um, cousin. He's ignored this ghost for such a long time that he's learned to live with the ghost around him. Mm-hmm. And he says that he, he, it will, the ghost will actually move things around the house and then he'll get mad at it um, to the point where, like, he'll put things, he'll come in with groceries and then uh, he'll go do something and come back and the groceries are up or put up already. Um, <laughs> one time, because that, that, helpful. The, <laughs> yeah. The the way the way that the that that is it's it's a ranch right where my grandparents live mm-hmm. and, and the treasure is on my grandparents um, land uh, land so if he needs to come down do it he needs to ask for permission to do it he can't just go down there and do it and and right on the, there's a fence and on the other side is where they live so we were all together one time and he was telling us about this and as he was talking to us his hair was like you can see his hair like tussling around and I'm like um. 
yeah, you're you're like something's up with your hair. And he, he actually like got mad at the ghost for doing that. How weird. Um, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm bringing, this up, bringing that up is because he's just so used to living with the ghost that that he just like whatever. It's more of a noose, a nuisance, anything like that. I feel like that's kind of like Victor's dad, who, who who at that point he's he's knows what's going on, but he's just like he just wants to continue living at this house because he loves the yes. house, and and he, he doesn't care what's going on. But you see later on that, that Victor's mom is the one that really just can't handle it anymore. Yeah, she's like, no, we're out, and Victor's like, thank God. <laughs> um, did anybody else get that is very very uh, loose in what I'm about to say anybody else get some sort of like Beetlejuice kind of vibes kinda yeah definitely yeah um, you can definitely see that now uh, that you look at it sure yeah like you know the, the ghosts that are in the house that f- at first don't know what they're dead and then you have the, the living coming in and messing with them and then even doing the seance and all um and even <laughs> i guess at one point even um uh what's it called possessing one of the per- people there at, at the thing mm-hmm. only the difference right, is there's right. no exterminator in this mm-hmm. particular particular one yeah even oh, like, or Alex Baldwin. <laughs> even the scene where the little kid looking up at them at the window um so yeah uh, all all in all i really enjoyed this movie i would i would definitely continue watching it now now that i have a bigger uh, appreciation for this movie definitely i do too i love it any uh final thoughts on on the others i think like uh like you all said before too about the the movement the lighting uh the the sound and everything like that if if people are into those things they should definitely go back and revisit this if they if they've seen this before and this is now in their wheelhouse uh of things that they like uh for uh for listening for the uh, the cues and things like that for uh as as the movement's happening in the film uh, definitely this film has those and then also just for the the movement through the the scenes and stuff like that there's there's a lot to be be seen <laughs> through that yeah this movie's all about pacing i've watched it a couple times and uh like the first i don't know like half is like slow beats and then once it gets going like it doesn't stop but it needs that first half or uh, first bit to like build up to where it's going um and that, like really takes a time to then deliver at the end um, well, I mean, I agree with both Greg and David. I, it, to me, it's a staple in the psychological, like supernatural g- genre of movies. It's one of the ones that I recommend all the time for people like my husband who hates scary movies or anything like that. I'm like, this is a great movie. Like it's psychological. It causes you to kind of think through things. Um, so it is one of those movies that I think a lot of people can enjoy, even if you don't particularly enjoy um, horror movies that have maybe those big jump scares or super mm-hmm. gory because you don't see any gore here, really. Um, so it, it to me, it should be a staple in anybody's um, movie bank, if you will. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was going to say, too, is the it's a different type of, of ghost story than we're, we normally even talk about in this podcast. Normally it's something that the ghosts are, are being evil and going after you or, or even, or in what, what we love, the people monsters, people, mon- people are going, the living are going after you. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's just, they're just trying to coexist. They're trying to learn how to coexist. And mm-hmm. it's not something um, malevolent, malevolent um, that is, that is happening. It's just, them trying to figure out what's going on and once they do they just need to cope with it and and keep going so yeah um i would recommend it for anybody who hasn't seen it and i would recommend it to continue watching it again like like i said i wouldn't continue doing um now that i've watched it again as uh, i guess as what now 19 years later from when i first yeah. saw it <laughs> yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah i know it's it's not great you guys <laughs> <laughs> Can we it's just hold right back? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, I cried but, yesterday because I realized I was going to be 33 this year. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so old." <laughs> I'm going to be 35. Uh, yeah, what happened to our lives? You David's going to be 15. Dave, yeah, David's 15. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, weren't you six, David?" You were like, "Um, I was six, and 
Yeah. I'm about to be 25, so oh, I feel really old. Shut up. Jeez, I feel so old. Jeez. Go sell plates, David. I know. Greg posted this Greg posted this great quote of himself the other day. It was the year I was born. Was so I was funny. like, oh, dude. When you said that, I was like, oh, man. Uh, and I and I and, and honestly, when I chose that outfit for for that day, my senior picture, I thought, man, I am styling. I look back so at cool, it, and huh? I was not. It was a bad look. <laughs> yeah, it was a great look uh, for then. It was. No, it did not translate it, well into twenty twenty. It, it, it was not That's even the, a good look then. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we all we all have those pictures. Don't worry. Yeah, I have a sure. lot of them. <laughs> I mean, like, if you think about our kid, our, our, like, our kid pictures are going to have a lot of neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. We're going to have a lot of neon. We're going to have a lot of Velcro. We're going to have a lot of crop polyester, tops. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Everybody wore a crop top. Yep. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if anybody, anything, unless anybody has anything else for the movie, I guess we can, we can leave it there. Um, Lainey, where can, mm-hmm. where can people find your podcast? So I'm most active on Twitter on my True Crime Fan Club one. So you can follow me there, TCFC Pod. And I'll make sure to leave the the uh, the link in for for your Twitter feed um, down link there or in your Twitter handle below. Yes. <laughs> Remember, guys, um, we have new merch out, new T-shirt, new stickers, mugs, and stuff like that. You can get. Um, which I actually posted. Someone already posted a picture with them with their with their T-shirt. So awesome! Yeah, yeah, it was it was that was awesome to see uh, Jake get his shirt, and he's like super stoked. So oh, that's great. <laughs> it's always, it's always great to see other people, not just you wearing your own stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and Lainey, since uh, you're 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 the um, official unofficial leader of the Texas podcast uh, meetup union meetup thing mm-hmm. um we're we're holding off everything till like probably the end of the year probably next year now right yeah uh with the whole covid19 hopefully everybody who's listening and you guys are all you know staying safe and washing your hands and practicing social distancing so um we typically for the union schedule meetups maybe every two to three months um and we go across Texas to hang out with listeners and get to know new listeners and get to meet other podcasters. But with the pandemic that's going on now, all of that's kind of been put on hold indefinitely until we kind of get the order that everything is good and that it's okay to be in large groups again. Um, it sucks because we have such a good time at these meetups and it's fun seeing everybody and hanging out. But, um, you know, it's kind of for the best right now. But hopefully in 2021, we'll be back in the game. And hopefully maybe even by the end of the year, we can safely be in a group of more than 10 people again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I want to I'm, I'm excited because now one of my favorite podcasts, Bloody Date Night, mm-hmm. they moved from New York to Texas. And I'm hoping I'm hoping to be able to um, invite them onto the, into one of those meet- meetups. Um, so. Hopefully, when we we do a Dallas one or something around that area, we can we can get them to go over. They are um, I don't know if you ever heard of them, but with Greg and David, we, we've had them. Oh yeah, we we've um we've had them on the on the podcast a couple of times, and it, it's always such a fun when we have them over on the podcast. Definitely. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there. We'll figure out what we're going to do next time. I. We have other other podcasters coming on from the from the uh, Texas Podcast Union. Um, we have um, Under the Shroud coming on. We have um, All Crime No um, Cattle, which, uh, which I'm not sure if it's going to be Shay and or um, Aaron. Uh, I'm just, sure uh, I'm sure Shay is coming on for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, Aaron does want to come on, but she wants to do another movie. I think so. Cool. Um, I wouldn't mind having both of them on. Um, one of my well, another one of my favorite podcasts. Lainey, your your podcast is awesome. Um, so I'm glad that we were finally able to get get you on there, and yes. we'll see if if we can take advantage of of um, what's going on right now to be able to link up with other other podcasters and keep the community going. Yeah, I agree. You guys do a really good job. I was just listening to your episode on the purge and i was like maybe i should watch this movie because i've never oh, seen any of the purges <laughs> and stuff and I so I, i'm it. a big spoiler 
like I love spoilers. So I am the worst movie goer. Like my husband gets super annoyed with me because I literally like wiki everything. Like I won't go see a movie on opening (laughs) night until the plots in the wiki summary. So I have to know like everything that happens. And he's like, why do you spoil it for yourself? I'm like, dude, I'm not spoiling it because I don't know how they're going to act these scenes out. Like, are you kidding? So, and I'm one that hates spoilers, but I love it. I I, I am so, I I, re, I like to research things, and sometimes I end up spoiling it myself, and I get mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> like just an example, um, I just started watching Doctor Who like a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. I caught up in thirteen seasons like Jesus. right away. <laughs> that's all. That's how much it. I yeah I shotgunned it. But what was happening is like when I first saw the the ninth Doctor, I'm like, wait. This is not who I thought the doctor was going to be. I thought it was going to be David Tennant right right off the bat. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I looked, I look the doctor, and I'm like, oh, the doctor. So do these Ryder. guys like, oh, die no. or something? Like, they, do the yeah. doctors the, die, and that's why they get new doctors? Well, the do- <laughs> it's the same character throughout. They just get new actors come in. But the 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 whole I guess lore oh, on it is so that they don't the doctor know that they're is, a different person. No, they do. They do. They the doctor <laughs> is an alien. From the planet Gallifrey, um, oh, this is too and much they've okay. uh, they've uh, perfected a way to cheat death, where at the moment that their their being is dying, they they have a way to regenerate every single cell in their body. Huh. So and they what like, get into is, a new body. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they just come okay, back. Okay. okay. That it's came like out of reboot. necessity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every and every new doctor is a reboot, pretty much. Um, and they did that out of necessity because the the first doctor, um, what's his name? Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking here. The the first first doctor from the very very first doctor. the very first yeah. doctor William uh, Hartnell. Yeah. William Hartnell. He was at the time of the second season was starting going on. He started to get sick and he started to forget his line he started fumbling his lines and it was starting to get real difficult so they told him like we're going to need to replace you but they tried to figure out where are we just going to replace him or are we going to keep the same so they they came up with the idea of regeneration um mm-hmm. to kind of keep the show going and mm-hmm. be able to reboot the the pretty much reboot the the or keep it going without saying oh this is the reason why he looks different and this is the reason why he's being played different because in a lot of like soap operas or whatever you get someone who, to replace the character, but it's supposed to be the same person, and they're and all of a sudden they're acting different, right? Or yeah. they try to act the same way that the other character or the other actor mm-hmm. act, and it doesn't—it doesn't always play off, right? So ah. every actor that comes in plays a, a whole different type of doctor, a whole different—they have their own twist on it. Oh, you're breaking up so bad for me. I don't know if it's happening for anybody else. I'm sorry. The what? There? Okay. Yeah. yeah no, you were breaking yeah. up super yeah. bad for me. Oh, um, oh no. no, that's interesting. I mean, I heard some of it, but no, that's really interesting. I guess that makes sense. But I was just like, do they, the doctor die? And then it's kind of like passing the baton, but that makes sense. I probably will not watch it. <laughs> and then, uh, you've explained you've, it, you've you've explained it enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, you, you get the, the fandom fighting each other because they're like, oh, this is the best doctor. No, this is the best doctor. Um, oh so number four between the five. Number, number four. four. Number four is considered is considered probably the best doctor of all, but my favorite is number twelve. Is that the guy, uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> the, uh, mysterious guy, guy from from Doctor Doctor? He's a new doctor in comics now, X Men or a new doctor. Um, Oh yeah, he's so you're uh, talking like Doctor Strange. Doctor Miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor <laughs> Strange. <laughs> <laughs> My husband would be like, create like face palming him right now, being like, "You're such an embarrassment to me." <laughs> His head would so this is this is a bunch of extra material that we're we're recording, but I don't. I'll decide if we if this makes the podcast or not. But this is it's, great, anyways. It's interesting content. Is yeah. not what yeah. you came for. Oh, I but stopped recording my for. end, FYI, when oh. you was like, we're done. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, well, I still yeah. well, sound well, great, but. <laughs> 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 okay, well, anyways, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it there. We'll let, I'll let everybody um, get back to what they're doing. Um, Greg cool. is the one that's in the most restrictions right now, but uh, yeah, see, we'll see what he can fi- figure out what he can do. We have to 
and then I had to go to the shop and like close up, close up and to go grab stuff to some people are coming by to pick up stuff that they need to pick up and we need to come home, lock ourselves in. Dang. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> So. all right guys well we'll figure out what we're gonna do next week um and i hope we're not spoiling you guys because we're coming out with a new episode every week right now um Dang. when it's usually about once every two weeks every three weeks at the most yeah. so hopefully we're not spoiling you guys and i should probably I should have held on to some of these episodes a little bit longer to <laughs> nah gotta get them out to oh, the but, people we need yeah, yeah. people need this now saul they need it now <laughs> but um well yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys time. next time on on Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Nerds from the Crypt. Oh my god! <laughs> it's that new I'm shirt. It's that new shirt, shirt that has that look. Oh man, it looks so Bloopers. good. People, go grab one. It does. I will I, agree. I just got mine too in the mail, so I'm I'm nice. Super I'm still waiting for my later. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> but anyways, we'll see you guys next time. And remember, it's your turn. Your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.